Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I, uh, I get so excited when I see people uh, make that decision to follow Christ outwardly in baptism. We have like eight uh, people tonight um, being baptised in our service at 6pm. So praise God for all that He's doing in our church. You may be seated. We're going to jump into God's Word for a moment and then we're going to come back and worship together. I'd like to start with a story. I had um, a friend of mine. He has six kids. I have five kids. We gathered together. That's a lot of kids, hey, uh, at his pool. And uh, we, uh, it's more kids at, than nippers on Saturday morning. And so we're swimming in the pool and he said, how long can you hold your breath? And I'm like, mate, I can hold my breath longer than you, whatever it is. And we're pretty competitive. And he says, all right, I can do a minute and a half or something. I said, all right, I'll, I'll do more. So I got the biggest breath and I held my breath. And everyone's around, right? All the kids, uh, my wife, I've got to impress. You know, my four boys, I've got to show them that dad's, dad's the man. And so I held my breath and my lungs were about to explode. I'm thinking I'm going to drown or pass out. I exploded out of the water. I think I did a minute and about 20 seconds, a minute and 20 seconds. Uh, I may have said a minute and 10 in the last service. It seems to grow this story. Um, but, but anyway, it was a minute and, and 20 seconds. And uh, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Come on. Pastor, minute. And he said, oh, I, I, do, I did a minute 30. I'm like, oh, really? You should have told me that beforehand. And he said, what would you say if I said you can increase your time and double it? I'm like, double it? There's no way. Absolutely no way. I really thought I was going to pass out. I, there's no more in me. That was it. He said, no, no, let me coach you through and I bet you can increase your time. Okay, whatever. So he told me how I needed to oxygenate my system where you hyperventilate uh, for a good couple of minutes. <laughs> Lots of breaths, get, get oxygen in. Take a big breath, which starts in your diaphragm and expands into your lungs and then lies totally still on the top of the water. So he's coaching me. Okay, Miles, I want you to pick one dot at the bottom of the pool. Just focus on that dot. Don't think about anything else. Be relaxed, totally relaxed. You're just floating. You're on a cloud. He's talking to me. Oh, good. You're at 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Keep going. And so, okay, now I want you just to let a couple of bubbles out. Just breathe a couple of bubbles. That'll tell your mind that you've got plenty of oxygen because your mind says you need oxygen, but your body actually has got more than it needs. And so you actually don't need it. So let a few more out. Okay, you're going good. You're at a minutes. Okay, I want you to relax, move your toes. I want you to say the times tables, four times tables, get your mind off it. Okay, you're, you're, you're at a minute 30, going great. You're at a minute 45, you're at two minutes, you're doing awesome. You know, I just want you to relax, just be calm, let a few more bubbles out now, keep air coming out, trick your mind, keep going. You're all, it's amazing, you meant two minutes and 10, that's amazing. And so I exploded out of the water, two minutes and 10. He said, you actually have done two minutes and 47 seconds. So two minutes, what he says, well, you lied to me. He says, yeah, I had to trick your mind that you're doing better than you were. And two minutes and 47 seconds when I only did a minute and 20 the time before. Well, why? Well, through some training and through some coaching, I realised there was more in me. The moral of this story is there's more in you today, that there's more in you. We're not going to start learning how to hold breath, okay? But what we are going to learn is the Holy Spirit 
is activated in you and is designed to do more than you think. The Holy Spirit is, has a power, has this ability that many believers don't fully activate. Maybe today you feel tired. You're feeling flat, honestly. You're happy for the people being baptised, but you say, Miles, you don't know what's going on in my life. You know, my prayers aren't going anywhere. They're not even hitting the ceiling. I'm full of doubts and I'm worried. I'm just not victorious. I'm not winning. Could it be that the Holy Spirit isn't being activated in your life the way Scripture teaches us it can be? Listen, let's be honest. When we look at Scripture and we think what God could be doing and we look at our own lives, there's a bit of a gap there. Well, today we're going to learn through God's Word, how do we activate the Advocate? Who's the Advocate? It's the Holy Spirit. How do we activate the Advocate? I'm going to start with our INC Declaration of Faith. This is our denomination that we're part of, just to set the stage of what we believe in. We believe the Holy Spirit is also fully God, co-equal with both the Father and the Son. We believe the Holy indwells every believer at the moment of salvation. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is a distinct and ongoing experience that is promised to every believer. I'm going to teach on that today. We believe that, the whole, that uh, believers should desire and pray for various spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit sovereignly distributes as His will. Let's start our time together in John 14, verse 16. Jesus says these words, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognise Him. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the Advocate. Well, what's the Advocate? Well, it comes from a Greek word, parakletos. It means comforter or counsellor. Comforter or counsellor. Let's teach on that. A comforter is someone who strengthens, who helps, who supports. A counsellor is someone who gives advice, like a legal defender who guides and leads. Could anybody today use some comfort? Could anybody use uh, uh, support, uh, encouragement? Maybe you're tired, you're worn out, you're grieving over something. Maybe no one knows what you're really going through. Maybe not even your spouse understands what you're wrestling through. Maybe alone at night, it's just you and God. And there are some deep concerns and you feel like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Can I tell you, Jesus gave us a comforter to comfort us in times of trouble. We also have a counsellor. Can anyone use a counsellor with five kids? I need a counsellor every day to help me make wise decisions. Uh, what, what do we do about work? Or what do we do about our finances? What are the decisions we need to make with our children? We need a wise counsellor. Some of you are planning decisions for your future. You're weighing up issues at work. Should I take that opportunity? Should I stay where I'm at? Should I look for something else? Should I talk to the boss? Should I have that hard conversation? We're all there, right? The Holy Spirit is the great counsellor. 
So if any of us today, if we need some comfort or some counsel, put up your hand. We need a bit of comfort or counsel. That's me, both hands raised. We're gonna learn how to activate the uh, advocate in our lives. John 4, 17, here's the key. This continues after the verse that I just said. We'll put it on the screen. And there are some words in this verse that I underlined. But you know Him, this is talking of the Holy Spirit, because He lives with you now and later... This is talking about being filled with the Spirit and later will be in you. So just hold that verse on the screen. To know means to learn and understand. So Jesus is saying, uh, you know, I'm going to teach you through Scripture who the Holy Spirit is. And there is some teaching about the Holy Spirit in Scripture that we can read. Then Jesus says, He lives within you. When you get saved... The Trinity, God, Father, Holy Spirit are one. He lives in you. But here's what I want to talk about today. And later, Jesus said these words, He will be in you. Now, this word in, in the Greek, is very deep and powerful. It means wholly joined. It means whose power and influence you are under. It's, it's, it's all-consuming. This word in means that, that, that the Holy Spirit doesn't just live within you. He, he guides you, directs you. He, he leads you. He, he consumes you. It's like putting into water. You can't go in water and not get wet. When He's in you, that there's the evidence of His power in your life. And we see in Scripture, there's two ways we can advocate the advocate. Number one is we must thirst. First, we must thirst. John 7, 37. On the last and great day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. What's, what's going on here? Jesus is actually teaching the Jewish people about the Holy Spirit. And he's starting to explain that the Holy Spirit is what mankind and, and, and planet Earth has been looking towards. So the Feast of Tabernacles is an annual reminder in Israel of being delivered from Egypt. They went out into the, into the desert, Sinai Desert, and they lived in tents. And the Lord miraculously provided for the thirsty Israelites in the wilderness. In fact, in this eight-day uh, festival, some Jewish people would go and live in a tent to uh, remember what it was like for the Israelites living in the wilderness. And for the first seven days of this feast, they would pour water on the altar, the priest would, expressing Israel's hope for future rain to produce the abundant harvest. But water also represented God's Spirit. So whenever you see water in Scripture, it's a symbolic or representative of the Holy Spirit. And at the time, they were spiritually dry under Roman rule. So Jesus is saying on this last day, the eighth day, there's actually no water in this feast that's put on the uh, altar, which symbolises they've arrived to the promised land, which was uh, flowing with milk and honey. So Jesus is saying, we don't need to put water on the altar because I'm bringing the living water, the Holy Spirit. Look no further. So he stood up and he said, anyone who's thirsty, come to me. And it's interesting that Jesus says this was to anyone. Anyone. Let's put the verse up, verse 37. Let anyone 
who comes. Let, let anyone. So it wasn't just for the religious people. You know, it wasn't just for the Jewish people. This living water, the Holy Spirit was for anyone. I love that about God. He's, he's open to anybody. You can walk in off the street and not know anything about God or church and you can receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is for anyone. It's for anyone who what? Who is thirsty. This represents those who want it. The Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. He won't force himself. Jesus is saying you've got to desire it. You've got to want it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is done to people who are hungry for it. He's not going to fill someone against their will. Verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the Scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from them. Let's just put verse 38 and 39 up there. Rivers of living water. These rivers are not coming from the outside, not coming from a church, not coming from a religion, not coming from a parent. This living water comes up from within. It's the Holy Spirit coming up from within. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, these rivers will flow from within. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in Him were later to receive. Once you receive Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you at salvation, but there is a later filling. There is a later empowerment. It's actually an ongoing filling that is available to every believer, but this isn't a teaching we focus on. This isn't a teaching we think about. And sometimes we wonder why we're dry and why things aren't working out and why we don't see the power of God. Could it be we're not thirsty for the filling of His Spirit? Now, a filling can happen anywhere. It can happen here, at home, in your prayer time, in a church service, happen while you're, you're walking down the beach or in the mountains. The filling comes to those who are thirsty, verse 39. So this was to come later. Up to then the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. So Jesus gives one requirement for this filling of the Holy Spirit. It's to be thirsty. This word thirsty comes from the Greek word dipseo. dipseo. It means to painfully feel their want, eagerly long for, to suffer wanting something. It's more than just waiting in line for your Big Mac meal, right? It's more than just being frustrated because there's three or four people ahead of you when you've ordered your coffee. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, waiting for Bachelorette to come back online, you know, to watch, which we don't watch, but if you were watching, it's, it's more than just, oh, I'm waiting. There is this deep longing in this word. There is this deep desire. When I was dating Bonnie, I had a building job in Mount Isa and she lived on the coast. And I remember longing 
to see her. Come on, remember the dating days and you're doing the long distance thing. Anybody had to do the long distance? There was this longing to get the letter. There was a longing to read the email. There was the longing. Come on, you remember for the phone call. Uh, don't elbow each other, but you know, that, I don't know why we lose that longing in marriage over time. We should keep it there. We should long to see each other. It should be such a joy. There's that longing. I drove eight hours when work finished at five on Friday, I had to be back at 8 a.m. on Monday. I drove eight hours one way just to see her, only to turn around and drive back because why? There was this longing. There was this dipseo. Are you longing for the Holy Spirit? Are you longing with this deep desire to know Him, to, to let the Holy Spirit move in your life, to fill you up? to overwhelm you with His love. Uh, are you thirsty? We must be thirsty to receive. The New Testament doesn't teach once filled, always filled. The New Testament teaches one baptism and many fillings. The, the New Testament teaches us in Acts, there is this many fillings for those who are thirsty. Ephesians 5.18, be what? Be constantly being filled with us. This isn't a one-off deal, you know, come to church, sing a song, hey, I'm filled. There is this longing in the believer that we need to have dipseo, this deep desire for the Holy Spirit. Well, what about you today? Do you have a deep desire for the Holy Spirit to fill your heart? So often we pray to the Father, we pray to the Son, but often the Holy Spirit's forgotten, put in the cupboard, left on the shelf. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus left to be in us, to flow living waters from the inside out. But He only responds to those who are thirsty. Not spiritual, not biblical, uh, not, you know, good looking or smart or, or have a job as a pastor or anything. So anybody who is thirsty. In fact, tomorrow night, David Schaefer is teaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit, practically allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. We can't achieve everything in a 75-minute service, so we wanna provide opportunity to equip you. And when we do these message series, we'll offer additional teaching and training. I'd love you to come tomorrow night. Let God minister to you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating where you can be filled and, and maybe a prophecy or a word. So I encourage you to come tomorrow night here at 7.30. But the second thing we need when we want to activate the advocate is we must be kingdom-minded. Now, here's where a lot of Christians miss. The Holy Spirit is the comforter and the counsellor who's designed to fill us ongoing so that, not so that we would just sit on our own and be comfortable, not just that we would sit on our own and you know, enjoy our, our time with our God, although that is important. The whole purpose and point of the Holy Spirit to empower is so that we can be kingdom-minded. In other words, others focused. Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my what? You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit wasn't given just to help our golf game. 
The Holy Spirit wasn't given, you know, just to, just to help us win the lotto numbers or, or you know, just to, um, you know, get a good deal on eBay Tuesday. The Holy Spirit was actually given to empower us to benefit others. Here's what's fascinating about the Holy Spirit coming in the book of Acts. In the Old Testament, Pentecost was actually called Feast of Weeks. Did you know that? The Old Testament Hebrew word it was Pentecost. Uh, sorry, it was Feast of Weeks. The new, in the New Testament, the Greek word is Pentecost. So 50 days um, after the children of Israel um, were set free from Egypt through the Passover, 50 days later, they had this celebration called the Feast of Weeks. It's fascinating that Pentecost came 50 days after Jesus died and rose again and his blood was shed. Let, let me try to explain. You can't make this stuff up. It's amazing how Old Testament, New Testament bond. I wrote it down just to help us navigate. The Old Testament has the Passover, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost so the death angel would pass by. We, we, all, we, we got that. And so freed, freed them from slavery. 50 days later, the Feast of Weeks. And this is where God gave Moses the law. Okay, let's go to the New Testament. There was uh, crucifixion, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus freed us from spiritual slavery. 50 days later, Pentecost came where God gave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also came to convict us of sin. The Old Testament, there was the Torah to reveal them of the law. New Testament, there was the Holy Spirit to convict us. So the Holy Spirit is what leads mankind to salvation. Isn't that amazing? So the Holy Spirit is to equip the believer to share their faith. And the Holy Spirit also works through the unbeliever to convict them of sin. And we see that the Holy Spirit led men to salvation. Peter preached the uh, gospel for the first time when the Holy Spirit fell. 3,000 people were saved. John 16 verse 8. And when He comes, Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. So Paul is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say that it wasn't in his words. It wasn't in his fancy language. 1 Corinthians 2.4. My message and my preaching are very plain, very simple. Praise God for that. I, I, I like that as a preacher because I'm quite plain and simple. Rather than using clever and persuasive words, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' ministry began when He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples' ministry began when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He becomes our comforter and our counsellor, but He also works in the hearts of those around us to receive the Gospel. In Acts 4, uh, after the Holy Spirit was released, the church was unstoppable. In fact, in Acts 4, 7, they brought in the two disciples and demanded by what power or in what name have you done this? The religious leaders couldn't believe. The Bible says 5,000 uh, in just a couple of weeks was the number in Jerusalem that were following the way. 
And Peter said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, the filling of the Holy Spirit brings a boldness on the believer. So there's a way to know, am I filled today? Do you have the Comforter and the Counselor working in your life? Do you sense His comfort? Do you sense His counsel? And do you have a boldness to share your faith? Boldness followed the filling. And if you're not bold today, let me humbly ask, maybe it's because you're not filled. Filled is ongoing. You know, it's like a petrol tank. You, you put it in, you blink, and it needs to be filled again, right? And, and it's an ongoing experience. To be filled isn't a one-off time. It's ongoing today. I want us as a church to be constantly filled. I want us as a church to sense His comfort and His counsel. I want us as a church to be bold to share our faith to others. You know, that's what baptism in water is. It's being bold. It's standing up in front of people and declaring your faith in Christ. You you can't not be bold and stand up and tell people of your decision to follow Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be bold. Father, I pray that as we enter into a time of worship right now, we would be thirsty. The Bible says when we're thirsty, you'll fill us. Dip, sayo, it's a longing. Father, today we're hungry for the Holy Ghost to move in our lives. Would you fill us today? Fill us, Lord. Fill us so we can have comfort. Fill us so we can make wise decisions. Fill us so we can be bold in our representation of you. Fill us, fill us, fill us. I love how the Holy Spirit, as it fell, didn't need a pastor to lay hands on the people. The Holy Spirit, you can be filled at home in your kitchen. You can be filled in your car as you listen to worship music. You can be filled in a gathering, in a life group. You can be filled here in our worship service. Holy Spirit, have your way. Fill us. All we have to do is be thirsty. Dipsaya, we just got to long for it. Father, I pray we'll turn our hearts to You. Lord, we won't think about the world and all of our troubles. We won't be sidetracked. But for the next 10 minutes, we turn our hearts to You. We'd be filled with the Spirit of God. I pray in Jesus' name.